very often when I just need to have my brain washed <laughs> with new thoughts, I go to this, I guess it's a blog um, called Brain Pickings. And she talks about really interesting, disparate things. And she was talking about the meaning of art and the fact that how art serves us is um, it makes us understand a part of ourselves. It gives us a part of us that's missing and makes us feel whole. It teaches us something. It shocks us out of uh, a place that we're normally in. And in that way, um, all art, all art is actually self-help. It's like the same thing as buying a self-help book to understand being human better. And uh, she quotes a wonderful Toni Morrison uh, quote. She, Toni Morrison said, if we serve, we last. Hmm. Which, I, you know, when I think about it, and when I think of, you know, you often talk about goop and, you know, this, this drive that so many people have to self-perfect and turn the lights on themselves and, you know, get, get some, I, I don't know, make themselves perfect, cultivate themselves. It's all good, but unless you take that to your community, it's meaningless. Now, that's me saying that. That's my personal opinion. That whatever we cultivate in ourselves, whatever art we make, needs to then go out to others. If we serve, we last. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, when you were first talking, I thought about one of the only things that I absorbed from college, which was in my class on Hegel. Um, Tell me who Hegel was. Well, I couldn't really that well, just because mm-hmm. I wasn't the best student. But um, he uh, is did, he a philosopher? Yeah, he's a philosopher. Okay. And um, what we were focusing on were were his books on aesthetics, mm. in particular, because I went to an art art school, and that was one of the mandatory classes that I, I well you have you have like five to choose from, and I selected that one. Um, and it was really cool because it was like the philosophy of art. And there's probably two things that I'm often thinking about, um, which one, I I don't know if I'm quoting this correctly. This isn't the one that I was going to bring up initially, but it was, I think, I think Hegel quoted Goethe, I think, Mm -hmm. or my teacher did, but in a quote, um, that I often think about that was that, um, Art, if good, should never contain the fingerprint of the artist. Um, what does that mean? Why? Well, I've I've thought about it a lot. I don't know even if it is a Goethe quote. It could just be some random person told could me that at some point. The professor said it. it <laughs> yeah, but but I've definitely taken it in stride, and I think it's very fascinating to think about because it's like. I'm immediately going, no, I don't agree with that. But tell me, explain it to me. So 
we were just talking in the last episode about my journals and, and how they're always messy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, journals can be art. Journals can be poetry, right? Like, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't publish those journals because they're me working through me. I, what I would publish is a rework of my journals where I, I found, I looked at myself from outside, you know, like a self-portrait. Like, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So it, 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 it's not about me and, and, and actually probably just reaffirms what you're saying about art serving, you know, like what you're creating, what I'm creating isn't just so I can purely work through my shit. But maybe I can do it in a way where other people can work through their shit as well by like omitting some details that aren't really relevant to the common identity, the the general identity. I, I found that to be true even in you know, human interactions, actually, mm. that when I'm in some kind of crisis, I can't offer help to other people going through the same crisis. Mostly what I can do is vomit on them. I can vomit the, the, the emotions that I'm feeling, the, the stuff I'm going through, the things I'm thinking about. But until I actually, um, and, and now it's gross that I've talked about vomit, but, <laughs> but if I can sit down and eat the meal of the experience I've had and digest it, that what is digested, what is understood by me, what the lessons that I've learned, that can be helpful to other people. So it's undigested uh, food. You're, you're interpreting a moment. Once, yes. once you have the separation to interpret a moment mm. and to, to, to make it not nana, but human. Yes. You know? Agreed. So weird calling you Nana for some reason. But um, <laughs> the other quote was from Hegel himself, um, and it was, life without music would be hell, um, which is really interesting to think about. Because music, music in a way can, like if you really think about it, if you're a scientist... And you're, you're looking at music and being like, well, let's just do what's optimal. Let's have everyone focus on what's optimal. You might overlook music and say, okay, well, kind of pointless probably, mm. right? Like, but then you, but then you think about <laughs> driving to work in silence and never, never being able to experience life in that way. Hegel, I mean, Hegel also did or talked about Gesamtkunstwerk now, um, which, which is the, I believe the total body of work. And, and, and it's like, he, he described film as being the perfect art form because it was everything. It was literature. It was music. It was moving image. It was colors. I never thought of it that way. It's everything in one. But I think it also applied to music in when 
the form or any art form to when the form and the content are connected and they're are paired. That was what we kept coming back to in that class was form and content. And we'd look at artwork and be like, what is the form of it? Like, um, what in, 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 in what physical form does it take and what is it saying? And are the two linked? Do they, do they tell the same story? Yes or no? Well, give me an example of form and content not matching. Well, you just heard, I just actually played you, in, right before we recorded the episode, I played you a version of a song I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And you had the comment that my vocal performance wasn't necessarily depicting the images that my lyrics are. Oh, okay. So that's almost exactly it. Oh. <laughs> if, if, if my form... And when I when I when I when I when I'm reworking it and thinking about it, I'm going to have to think about what the lyrics are and how I can form myself and form the song around that content so that it fits that moment, that human moment perfectly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, music. I was listening to music this morning and it was you know we have these hawks that get born around here and when they're young they scream from the moment they wake up and uh till night they're screaming and there's one that was born this year last year there were two of them and this year there was one and it, it was it was interesting it was disturbing because i watched drama happen you know you you hear bird song and it's like oh the birds are singing and you know disney movie but yesterday uh the the baby hawk was learning to hunt and it landed in a tree that i could see uh into the nest of this other bird a tiny bird attacking it attacking it attacking it so much drama and this hawk and i have binoculars to see them because it fascinates me and i thought oh god oh god i don't want to see this hawk eating the babies that's probably why you know this is all happening but it wasn't it it has this mean face this horrible face it was looking around but this awkward baby body and it looked like it was just trying to get back in a nest and what's wrong with that and it was screaming and the other bird was screaming and it was this very disturbing music in the morning and I find that very often music is too intense for me hmm. I can't listen to a lot of music hmm. it it's so evocative of emotion um, so is dance though too that's another art form that uh, grabs me of course that's you know in our family hugely I, I feel like that's just in our DNA so we're affected I feel like some people understand dance and I, I dance is dance is complicated to me because really? I look at it and I don't I don't see story really I see technicality that's just me. Well, then that's not good dance. To me, that's not good dance. Okay. Um, like a ballet, like a like a 
an opera or whatever, right? Or do they do ballet in an opera? Yeah, they can. Or even going to a ballet. A lot of it is dry as bones Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Okay, if you spend all your life breaking your body, you can do these positions. That's not interesting. But if you have someone who can who has the facility and the knowledge in their body, and then they can throw it away and show you being human and tell a story. (gasps) Mm. It's so powerful. And I have seen dancers like that. I saw one the other night uh, at Broad Stage, and it was in this very interesting theater piece that mixes... Um, participation and dance and some music and acting and improv. Um, And it's a story of immigrants and of a woman of color. And I tell you, she did this, I think it's an ancient form of Indian dance at one point. And I could have watched her do that all night. It was... It was like a haka. Hmm. And it was so moving and had so much to do with the emotions of what she was going through. Being an immigrant, trying to have a, a life, doing it without a husband. Her son was at a party and didn't show up and she was so looking forward to seeing him. And she does this powerful woman dance of pure emotion hmm. and it it I wept that is interesting to me because that makes me think of actually this week we did something that we never do um <laughs> yeah and we went we went to like some very hip party yeah and um I don't think I've ever been to a hip party with you. I can't remember one. It may have happened. Yeah, but but it was like a museum show. And Certainly not as an adult. Yeah, we haven't done this. But I. Yeah, with a DJ and you were with all of that. You were with a you were with your friend, mm-hmm. and you came alive, and there was a the, the DJ played ABBA. And it was like, <laughs> you, <laughs> woo! <laughs> you became you became like a, a, a 20, 21 year old girl at a nightclub or something like that. And yeah. the, you know, just like getting so excited about the music, and um, that that had an effect on me because I knew I knew that to, well. To me, it was like you you are a dancer by nature i i knew the backstory so i i know that you're a dancer you don't really get too much of an opportunity to dance freely in in the world i feel like no so that's much. true and so seeing you and your friend and you know the whole group that we were with just kind of start to let loose that had an impact on me but i i think a lot of the times i don't know where these dancers are coming. I just, it's just like, I, I, I stupidly probably think that every dancer starts off when they're six years old and by the time that they're on the stage, it's effortless to them and there's no, 
there's no emotional attachment, you know, but, it, but because I knew your backstory in that moment, the freedom that you were experiencing was fascinating to me. Hmm. You know, the, the freedom that the whole group was experiencing was fascinating to me. Yeah. So I think, I think that that's kind of, as someone who's never thought too much about dance, but I'm not a hater. I, I, I just, that, that's kind of, I, I, I want to know who's dancing and why they're dancing. Yes. I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I am not that interested in calisthenics or, you know, acrobatics. Fantastic to know the, the ability of the human body. But I want more than that. I want the story of who this human is. Yeah. I want the human to show up. So I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And that, this, I want to say her name, Kalyani Nagarajan. And just, I mean, this is a, a, a dance form that is very exacting. I mean, every finger, every muscle in her body had a place it had to be. But that's not what she was concentrating on. She was being this woman who had a life and who felt huge emotions mm. and huge disappointment and fierceness and oh my god and and that's that's the truth of all of us it doesn't go away we have that in us mm. it's easy to forget mm. but it's there i so can we can we refresh on the on the um the 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 serving quote? Yeah, the point of this piece that I read was that art is self-help and all art is service. When you make art, you are in service to others. And Toni Morrison said, if we serve, we last. And for sure that's true. Her books will last forever. There was an interesting, that makes me think of, um, oh, I'm forgetting his name right now, Jay Electronica. Have you ever listened to Jay Electronica? Mm -mm. You'd probably really like him. Um, he ended up, I believe, being married to Erica Badu. Mm. Um, and he's quite a tough rap figure, um, at least lyrically, but I'm sure in real life as well. Um, very creative also, which I, which I always liked, but he had a quote that was why he served God. And, and it was like, if, if I don't serve, I, the only way I can be my own master is if I'm in service, which is an interesting parallel. And I know not exactly what we're talking about mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to, um, I almost say politicize now instead of turn things religious because becoming religious feels political to me. Yeah. Um, but, but, but I, I, I feel in my life like, um, the way that I connect to a higher power is through art, you know? So to me, God, God is creation in itself. Um, because that gives me belief 
and because that gives me hope and because that gives me life, you know? So, um, so what does he say? What is his quote? um, uh, Basically, if, 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 if you're, if you don't have a master, you, you can't ever be a master. I think I said it perfectly the first time, but now I'm, I'm, that I've lost it a little bit. That to serve God gives him freedom. To serve God, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I understand the point of that. To to serve whatever you're going to call God, community, the earth, everybody, you know, it gives you the minute you're not turned in on yourself. Oh, well, this is, again, you're going to get so bored of me saying this, but this is when... I think we we hit these places of not being caught in our brains, in our conscious brains, which are so limited. Mm. They can hold only so much information at a time. But what is limitless, what has all the information of the, our lives up to this present moment is our subconscious. And I think when we don't worship our brain, our conscious mind so much. I have huge respect for the brain, but sometimes we get caught up in thinking our thoughts are important Mm. and we allow this other part to come out. Then there's this connection that we all have. So what do you think that means then to, in Toni Morrison's words? In Toni Morrison's words, well, to me, um, if you have a point beyond an egotistical one, if you create art in order to communicate rather than as a transactional act, then you create something that will be meaningful forever because there will always be humans learning their emotions, going through uh, the spectrum we all go through of, of feelings and experiences, and you will always speak to them. You will always have a voice. You will always be a comfort. You will always be giving them something essential that they need. I, I think that's what it means. I have to pee so bad. You better go do it. Um, yeah, kind of off topic, but like I was just thinking about going back, I guess, to the way that art doesn't have the fingerprint of the individual. And I think our journals and everything, there's so many times on Instagram where a celebrity posts something and, you know, or, or not even a celebrity, an influencer posts here's my mental health journey and they use taglines and they don't really ever express anything about what they really felt or have been through, but they sort of generalize it so that a bunch of different people can, can approach it. Like if, but isn't that taking their fingerprint off of it? Yeah, no, I just, I I think that's kind of an example on the, on the pro side because it would be really weird if I made my journal entry, my Instagram caption, (laughs) you know, where, where I'm working through something complicated. Like, 
It would kind of be cool, probably. Well, you know, that's actually... It would be experimental. It's actually what I do. I talk about something that I'm experiencing, but I also talk about what I've thought about and what I've found to help it or to understand it. But I, yeah, you everything. But you rework it, it a little bit. You well, rework it a little bit no, to make offer, it something that everybody can can consume. No, well, I mean, what what I'm reworking is the something I came up with a thought about it. But I talk about what I've gone through because I go, you know, if it's human, if it's what we all go through, and I I understand finally, whatever I'm going through, everybody does. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's put some light on this stuff. Take the shame away. Yeah. You know, make it normalize it. Normalize being human. It sounds so weird, but right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah, I guess you're an experimental artist. <laughs> experimental um Experimental digital media artist. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, luckily I'm, you know, it's a little niche and I have, you know, this small audience, so it's not out of control because, uh, I don't know, I, I could, I could get just decimated for doing what I do, but yeah. You should change your bio and sometimes do like, to, to like mama and na and then experimental new age digital artist <laughs> and then sometimes do like experience like dance you know like do your thing keep keep your journal entries up there but then also do like dance and song and like yoko ono type stuff you know and nft i'm so tempted i yeah. am so tempted you should mint just, one. <laughs> there was there was one young artist that i've heard recently genesis uh, Owusu. And I, I, I listen to a lot of his music and it's, some of it is very, uh, aggressive, uh, wonderful stuff. Uh, but there was just this beautiful song. I've been waiting on you that I just, it's actually playing now in my brain and it does every day. I just, it's the song for me of this summer. It's just, there's so many things I love about it. Uh, but yeah, and I've been tempted to just film myself dancing the way I really want to dance to uh, that young man's music. He's very inspiring to me. So I, <laughs> I was poking around the internet. And this is kind of, it, it's kind of on this same subject because of what people do for attention rather than art. I mean, there are coffee shops that aren't all about the coffee. Like in Thailand, there's a coffee shop. Do you know this? And there's more than one. That the, it's, it's about, uh, it's flooded to about a foot deep, and you walk through water, but there are hundreds of beautiful koi swimming at your feet. That sounds cool. It's very cool, but 
are they a coffee shop? Are they an experience? More of an experience, right? Sure, yeah. It's but, I, but if they serve coffee, that's they, a really they, cool they concept do. for a coffee shop. They do. They serve coffee, and you walk through Koi. That's and, really cool. I like that. I kind of do, too, because I, I'm so fast. I love Koi. I think they're so beautiful. And to just have them swimming anywhere near me, I love Koi ponds. To, to be able to walk in a Koi pond, that's pretty magical. There's some... Other coffee shops that are weird. We How know do you about. open the door? Yeah, no, I don't know. It must be that you like step a, down yeah. into it. I okay. did see a picture of it, and it's like tables and chairs in water. That's cool. And Koi just, you know, doing their thing. Kind of wild. There, There's in the Middle East, there are coffee shops. We know about the Japanese cat because we have some of them here. They have cat cafes. Do we have cat, cat? Is that like yeah, a, we do. a cat in a bodega kind of thing? Like in no, the, no, 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 no. There are cats in a cafe and they're hanging and you come and you spend time with the cats and have a cup of coffee. Hmm. So there's a black cat cafe where, you know, because of, you know, people worry about the... Bad luck? The significance of a black cat. So a lot of them get put out. You can adopt a black cat at this cat cafe. So they're doing good for the cats, and people can hang with cats if they want to. So that's that. This one is harder for me to understand. Okay. There's a Middle Eastern uh, coffee shop that started serving their drinks in baby bottles. And evidently, there's a place in LA here that does it as well. You're talking about like a sippy cup? Like, um... no, 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 no. No, a baby bottle with a nipple. Hmm. Like a latte? Yes, in a baby bottle. Wow. And I think the place in L.A. serves alcoholic drinks out of their baby bottle. But that seems like more of a more of a riff to me. You know, if you're serving alcohol out of a baby bottle, it's like that's kind of funny, right? Because it's like. Yeah, you're out drinking it? Instagram photo kind of thing. Yeah. But if you're, if you're drinking warm milk from a baby bottle, that's kind of weird to me. Well, that's a step too far. It's, I, I think it's all a step too far. It's a step too weird. Why? Come on. Come on. This infantilization is going too far as far as I'm concerned. But it, that's the point. It's an Instagrammable moment. Mm. There's a cafe that's a 2D cafe so it looks like you're entering an illustration everything's in black and white so you are the only uh colorful thing in the room so you can take your picture that's cool so okay so instagram uh, attracting instagram people there is a dessert that this big fancy restaurant in japan is serving <laughs> I guess no one talked about how it tasted, but it's it looks like pieces of broken plaster that they just put on your table, and that's your dessert. I feel like that's the M.O. with with so many of these places, though, right? It's just like how far away from, from a regular food experience can you get, you know? What is that about? What happened to tasty food? Yeah, I mean... I, I don't know. I mean, in fairness, there's plenty of places where you can get tasty food. Like, 
I, 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 you know, I worked at a, at a, a restaurant that was, uh, of a very high quality and of a very, every, every plate was so expensive that it only attracted the top end clientele. Um, well, can we say that it was a Michelin star? It, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I it, mean, it had, it had two actually. It had two stars. It was chasing, wow. it was chasing three while I worked there. Wow. Um, and it could possibly have three, although I don't know what happened. What uh, was, so what were some of the, what was that like to work there? Well, it's funny talking about serving and the Toni Morrison thing because being, I was, yeah, it, it's, um, it's actually so intense and I was just reminded of it because of, um, this show on FX right now, uh, called the bear. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. It's actually really good. What is it about? Um, it's about a Michelin star chef. Mm. It's about someone who worked at uh, 20 Park or, or whatever, uh, 11 Madison, I think, in New York. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's the highest rated restaurant in the world. What? I think so. It yeah. is? Or in America, at least. Number one in America. Wow. Um, and then his brother passes away and he kind of takes over this hoagie joint. In um, uh, in like Pennsylvania, I think I, I might have that wrong. Oh wow! But he he he's but restructuring a huge it. Shift yeah, and, in his life. Okay. And and those kitchens, the way that they work, the particular one that I worked at, had a rule that if you're working in the kitchen as a chef, or as a server, you can't make a sound. Oh like, my god. Not, not, you put down a plate and, and I'm just picking up a plate and putting it down gently, not even in front of the mic. That's gentle. So the, you, you, you have to, you have to, you have to pad every, like if you put it down, you have to go, you have to go, you're moving quickly. You're, you're moving so quickly because it's a well-oiled machine. But the moment that you put it down the table, you have to take the time to place it gently. And there were so many practices like that that were, I think, considerate and, you know, had had the guest's experience in mind. But when but, you're but working... But wait, in the kitchen, what, did you have to do that when you were in the kitchen, put down a plate like that? Not um, in the kitchen. No, yeah, in the kitchen, ev- everywhere. But But why? Everywhere, just because it was all, it was all about the atmosphere, if, 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 if people are eating and they hear things uh, clinking, I see there, you know, I, I don't want to say too many details about this place, but like it, it was, um, it was, I think, I think silence. there's diminishing returns. It, it was about silence. It was about perfection. And when you're, when you're doing that day in and day out, it, it really tears people apart. Like, like in, internally you, 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 you just, it's a lot of pressure. There's so many drugs in, in, in kitchens, you know, there's so much cocaine. Ah, that's what I've understood for chefs, yeah. Because you're, you're working hours that no other profession has to work. Right. And, 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 and you're still not really regarded that well. Like, you're, you're not really treated. You're there to treat other people well. You know, yeah, but I've seen chefs come out and they, you know, they're sure the head. Oh, 
the I, owner right. of the establishment can can have the a head moment. Chef, yeah. But otherwise, you're 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 a cog in a machine. Mm. There's no room for for anything to go wrong. And it's very hierarchical, isn't it? Incredibly, yeah. Incredibly, I I, I was like teased a lot because I I I I, I was not at the top, but I was kind of like higher up, you know, and that meant that I had a lot of, um, pressure to perform well and to keep other people in line. And when, when I say keep other people in line, if there is something called a spiel, you know, it's like your, your lines, you mm-hmm. know, when you go up to a table and tell them what they're eating, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a performance, you know, right. it's not, this is what this is and this is what this is. Um, so if I watched, I, if I watched someone doing that and they were moving their hands or they were letting them, their natural selves slip through the cracks or they weren't handling every situation perfectly I'd have to take them aside afterwards. It's like you're all informants. Yeah, I'd 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 have to, I'd have to tell them that they're not they're not cutting it, and wow. I'd have to tell them what what was going, why they were wrong to be themselves in that moment. Wow. Um, was it worth it for the people who came there? Do you think? No. Was the food incredible? Sure. It yeah, was. but it was like it's all this. It's all the same. It's just like. You know what? What? How? How can you deconstruct food to a point where it's no longer recognizable to be food? <laughs> it looks like plaster. Yeah, and it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's hearty or or if it tastes particularly good. It's just how creatively have you have you done have have you achieved this at at that level? More often than not, it it becomes a narcissistic exercise. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not about actually giving them an incredible experience. It's a, how different can this be? Yeah. I mean, it, it, can you give me an example of a deconstructed dish? Yeah, I, I think plaster is a good example. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. It, yeah, no, I understand. There, 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 there's a restaurant in, in Chicago, actually, that is really well regarded that I would actually like to visit called Alinea. Um, and again, knowing the chef has these issues, I think the, the 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 head of it lost his sense of taste at a certain point in his climb to being what they are now, in mm-hmm. his climb to the second Michelin star. Oh God! And he's also he's also got some weird uh, connection to art. I, I think maybe he like lost his sight, but but he he makes every table into like a Jackson Pollock type thing. And instead of paint, it's sauces and chocolate. And, you know, it, it's basically the same thing that you're talking about, like plaster. But, yeah, I mean... Wait, wait, the table or what you're going to eat is just like a I Jackson think, Pollock? I think his final dish is called like something to chocolate table or something. <laughs> And they come out and they they place certain things in certain ways on the table and then crack things and spread sauces and yeah. kiwi juices and fermented yeah. bits and pieces. Yeah. I've been to a big deal, a couple of big deal restaurants. One was Molecular where, you know, it's all a show and there's there's smoke and this taste and that taste and it's a bite. 
And to me, I, I would never do that again. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, you and I could make a Michelin restaurant. I know the secret. There's what is one it? secret. What is it? Cook squab. Squab. Yeah. If no. you cook squab, people are like, oh, this place is freaking fancy. And this place deserves a Michelin star. Oh, that's all it takes. Every, every Michelin restaurant has a squab dish. What the heck? And I'm not a big fan of that. It was it's the one pigeons, time. Right? It's young. It, I know squab or young. Yeah. Um, it, it was the one time I actually wrote an angry letter to anybody. And it was to the magazine Food and Wine saying, I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Because it was almost a... The plate that they showed was almost pornographic to me of a squab that looked like it had uh, it had flown into the dish, it literally, and its legs were sticking up and there were feathers all around. And it's like, this is, come on, this mm -hmm. is no longer food. Yeah. What, 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 what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, just, it makes me angry. It just, it fetishizes food to... to Come on, are we are we that fed up with flavors that we have to go that far that it has to look like we're eating plaster? Yeah, to to have dessert. I, I you know there's I, I, there's people that get so bored with um real life lottery winners. But again, well, yeah, you know, and it's, it's like, true. What, I I'm so what can I, spend what, I just got to eat plaster now. But again, maybe maybe it's experiential and it's for the Instagram it, photo. It, it's it's um, right. Yeah, Were it's people a, it's taking a play. photos? It's a it's a play, and people of course everybody took a photo. Yeah. Everybody took a photo right. of what is this thing? I don't know what it is, and yeah, it was it was all a performance, um, but probably in the most intensive of of ways. So I'm I'm scarred by that experience, honestly. No, I I know because it was kind of like being in a cult. Yeah, hundred percent. That, that you had to be reprogrammed as a human, yeah. in order to work there. But okay, so let's put it up against the Toni Morrison quote: "To serve, hmm? what was it again? If Third you, time. If you serve, you. I've said it so many times, and now I can't think of what it is. If we serve, we last. Yeah. Who are they serving? Well, they're serving the guests." They're serving an experience. But it's, you know, I mean, I'm, I know I'm not, I'm kind of moving away from the, um, the prompt, but as a server in that case, that's not, we serve, we last. Uh, definitely not. There's a, <laughs> there's a cutoff of, right. you know, how much service can we do? I actually think that's best maybe in art to think about it. Well, but that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make their food, their restaurant, an art form, an experiential art form. And maybe that's where it all falls down because there's, it doesn't sound like, I mean, there has to be collaboration and community in order to do that. You can't be torturing people in order to give a performance or to give art, I don't think. Well, and here's where I digress a little bit, because while, while that's true for me and my experience, that it was torturous, 
and painful and that I did not like being reduced in that way by the structure of the job and the people that came in. There are people who, in the same way that I'm drawn to music, are drawn to that profession of mm. hospitality. And thrived there? And thrived there, my God, to the point of, well, probably like like people in music as well. Like I, I saw people come into the job and then within two weeks they were bullying people that were going to maybe take their job or they were like snitching on people or, or, or yeah. maneuvering to take them down. That That's a bizarre culture to yeah. me. That's a bizarre, unhealthy culture. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God you got out of there. I was so unhappy. My roommate would, my roommate like celebrated the moment that I quit. <laughs> because I'd come home at, I'd leave home at nine in the morning or something and then I'd come home at midnight. But it was a coveted job. Oh my God. W was it really worth much? No. Not when it's not it's not that great on a resume for whatever I'm you know if I if I wanted to go do hospitality yeah and there and there it's the best of the best but right if you, I, I I think I think that certain fields you know especially that like a job in service is kind of like a necessity job like you you not off not always but sometimes you do it because of a need for 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 income right. Um, more often than a lot of other professions. And I think sometimes people really love it. I, I met those. I met those people. Yeah. And I, I will say that they're not all they're not all the way I just depicted them. There there are some people who are their 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 true drive or what they find in it is I, I can make people feel good. I can give them a good experience. I can share something with the world. Well in yeah. And in forty years maybe they'll still be there. Yeah. Yeah, or they move, you know, they, they, they go on to... To the next thing. ...be a manager somewhere else. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I get heated about that. But, but, yeah, it was so, so draining. Yeah, I used to take pictures of the food I made, and I just stopped. I got so disgusted with everybody taking pictures of food. It's like... Yeah. And then it becomes ridiculous... And then I, I've seen things where there are ramen noodle bowls with a soft custard cone dropped in it. It, what? That sounds awful. Well, it sounds awful, but the point is it gets on Instagram and the restaurant gets mentioned, you know? Yeah. Or these drinks that have cotton candy and candy and this and that, and, you know, it's no longer a, a, a sophisticated cocktail it's an instagram moment did you ever try watching uh nathan for you no it was so good what is that um it's a comedian who was actually a writer on the most recent borat uh, or the the one where sasha baron cohen is like all the different characters of what, what is america i think it was mm -hmm. but nathan fielder um made a show where he would go to real businesses as somebody with a degree in, in business from a Canadian school, you know, not, didn't have the best credentials, but he would go to them and say that he was shooting a documentary about flipping businesses with new, fresh, out-of-the-box ideas. 
and he went to one yogurt company and they're real they're real people in the show mm-hmm. and he's kind of doing a borat thing i see and and he he this is going to be cruel isn't it well he just said one of your frozen yogurt flavors because we've got to get people talking about this place it should be poop oh god and they're like yeah okay you seem to know what you're doing <laughs> no <laughs> they do it it's it's ama- it's it's the same kind of amazing that Borat is because he really gets people to be like shows it's 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 a dichotomy of what happens when a camera's on you like all of your all of your sensibility leaves your head and you just go yeah that sounds good you have a camera crew i like that and they're all <laughs> they're all the worst I, I i i don't like the cruelty of it but i also understand the sense of going, wait a minute, just because there's a camera and a crew, what are you doing? How, how, how close do you hold your values? Form what? and content. There's no better yeah. way to depict what's going on and right. how, how, how we're all so obsessed with exactly what you're talking about. Like how we come up, you know, how we're presenting to the world. Yeah. As opposed to taking the time to figure out the person that you're walking through this life with. Yeah. What are you thinking? It's rare that people take time to discover themselves. I don't think we were given the moment or told that it was important. It was, you know, uh, it, it was about, well, for me, it was about achieving something. And when I think about it, it was about achieving my grandmother's dreams. That was how my mother would motivate me. Hmm. You know, do it for your grandmother who loved the stage, and that would do it for me. But, you know, so it took it took years before I started to go, wait a minute, what, okay, what's important to me? Hmm. Not to the family, not to the culture, not to the just... What do I think? Mm. And I'm I'm such a believer that we need to do that. And once we do that work, then we turn out and go, hey, how about this? <laughs> Will this help? 